0: Seven,
1: six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Canvey. This is Nikki
0: Collins. What up, guys? This is F-Sarcy. Hey, this is the Hey, this is Drug Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA
2: Nation. How is it going, friends and friends? Welcome to another edition of WNBA Nation, uh, where we are here to talk WNBA and women's basketball, and like. Any Anything else that we can think of to talk about in the era of self-isolation? Good times. Uh, it is draft week, which is exciting because that means it's as close to real sports as we're going to be getting for some time. Other than another actual real sports thing we're going to be diving into immediately. But before all of that... Uh we're gonna be doing our traditional draft preview, mock draft. I've got two of my closest host and confidants here in Logan and Kyle. How's it going, friends? Hey, what's up? Good to be here, man. Yeah. My new trend recently is just doing bad intros. Like just really weak sus, <laughs> garbled intros. Like that's my trademark. That's do what I think. Do, do you want to start over? <laughs> no. No, like I'm like Accountability, Like, I think I think it's my thing now. Like, my catchphrase is just like a week and drop. That's, you know. I swear I make this depressing every single time. Logan, how you doing? I'm great. I think this train is on its way out of the station and
0: headed in a great direction. This is giving you a good episode. Oh. Um, don't make me carry the positivity through the whole thing on my own though because i don't don't know if i can do it
2: (laughs) that that felt nice um i mean my point was to say like the only reason it's going in that direction is because they have to because of the rails it's not like it's doing it by choice but that's just because i can ruin anything emotionally um what are you captain of
0: the ruiners
2: club (laughs) (laughs) you are human tennis elbow (laughs) You, you are, are a pizza, pizza burn, burn, burn on, the roof on the roof of the, roof of the world's burn. back <laughs> You are the opposite of Batman. You're the AT of people. <laughs> uh. Anyway, man, rewatching Community's been the best. Netflix really hit it this month. Um. That's a completely different discussion, guys. It's draft week. We have real in time sports topics to discuss. How are we feeling, knowing we have real like sports? Dude, I'm so stoked
1: it. right now. I cannot <laughs> wait to. To chat, like I've been diving so deep into this year's draft And I think it's because like March didn't happen And so... (laughs) Like, as a whole, the month actually didn't really happen, but, like, (laughs) March Madness itself didn't happen, and because of that, I have spent so much more time, like, looking into, like, WNBA prospects, rather than focusing on, like, my brackets and watching the teams and the Final Mm -hmm. Fours, and, like, I've had way more time to be able to kind of, like, really delve into this, so I've been looking forward to this episode for a while, and I am stoked. There's,
2: There's this insurance firm that's around the corner from where we live, so every time I, like, drive into my neighborhood. Um, they have this marquee that they change all the time with just jokey stuff. Dad jokes, funny stuff. And right now it just says, man, what a year March has been. <laughs> <laughs> just, It's been one of those times. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it, losing March Madness was, was something. And so to find something we can dig into, obviously we're going to hit a lot of draft. We're going to have a fun mock draft, which is an annual tradition of ours. But uh, we do have one more thing we're going to hit, but of course, really quick. And I guess th- this is like our first very real WNBA Nation episode we've done in a little while. We've done a lot of the Patreon style content. So getting into the nitty gritty, this is your first time listening. Check us out over on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Same over at Facebook. Uh, of course, you can find this to download any way your podcast can be found. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts specifically, give us a comment. A five star rating would be super helpful. You'll know, be honest though, if you have a different level of stars that you want to render. I mean, that's your right in free agency. But you know, whatever. But just whatever don't, if it's in, not five stars, there.
1: don't put it. But just yeah,
2: <laughs> if it if it's less than five stars. stars uh, just Contact Contact us let down. us know how to get five yeah. stars yeah just like write it down <laughs> on a piece of paper and then just send us a picture but if it is five stars then give us five stars that's how that <laughs> works uh, and then of course give us a comment let us know what we can do to make the show better if um, you know you're looking to get a little extra content and also support the show the efforts that we're making check us uh, check us out over at our patreon page also on our store envy page where we have some pretty fantastic WNBA merch uh, that our producer Jason has been sourcing he's done a great job I think he's got another design Potentially coming down the pipeline. Our plan was to have a special monthly design that you guys could check out. Uh, March was March. So it was one of those months where there really wasn't much for us to to pull out. But uh, we'll be seeing that again. Check that out. But as I said, uh, Logan, Kyle, uh, we have real sports to dive into. We're going to talk all things draft in a little bit. But first things first, we have another actual sporting event to hit. And of course, guys, it's April and that means uh, I'm gonna say it—the age-old phrase, guys. You guys ready for the horse challenge?
1: Yeah, the classic always happens every April NBA horse Who challenge
2: is ready for the ESPN State
1: Farm horse <laughs> challenge. <laughs> hey, we're not getting any money from State Farm. Let's let's. <laughs> I'm
2: just saying it's presented by State Farm. I'm just looking at it. It's a State Farm horse <laughs> challenge. I know. It's like it's like bowl season every year. I was making a point to call every bowl game by its actual, like, full, <laughs> like the the Tostitos of America Insight dot com Bowl, right? State <laughs> Farm Horse Challenge, which, by the way, has nothing to do with horses. It's got everything to do with kind of basketball. So ESPN announces this kind week, of basketball. Uh, That's a good way that, to put it. It's kind of basketball. Um, it's like
1: pizza. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the release. April twelfth will be the release of the ESPN Horse Challenge. This is primarily NBA partnered. We'll be featuring WNBA players and legends as well. Um, the lineup recently announced. Uh, you have Chris Paul, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Zach Levine of, he's not a bull anymore, is he? I can't believe I don't know this. <laughs> who, who does Zach Levine play for now?
1: Is he with the Wolves?
2: Yeah, Feels right, <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs> Shows how much NBA we watch. It's
0: guys. It's been look. the The car has been in the yard for like a month and a half now. It's running yeah, uh, dry. We we gotta we gotta grease the wheels. No, a little bit.
2: We know we know a lot about the NBA. We really do. We, we cover the WBA. We know a lot about the NBA. We got Zach Lavine of the of whatever team. We got Pistol Mike Conley of the New Orleans Jazz. Um and uh, <laughs> a
1: couple, <laughs> Pistol <Mike> Conley, <laughs> Pistol Pete would rock this competition. It's actually like
2: he might have been there. Of course, got two NBA legends Chauncey Billups and Paul Pierce, and then he is with the up. The, yeah,
0: he was finishing with the, up the, line. the Wolves first, though, right?
2: But he is a bull now.
0: He's a bull now. Okay, there we gotcha. go. I just want to get that gotcha. straight. And we Thank knew you. that
2: all along, yep. the whole time. And we would we just we just playing. We spend like like we sleep. Um so uh, uh Legend Chauncey Billup and Paul Pierce, if you can call him a legend, and uh, finishing up the lineup, two-time WNBA three-point contest champion Chicago Skies Alley Quigley and 2020 Naismith Hall of Fame inductee Tamika Catchings. Uh, so you guys saw the lineup, of course, as it went out. What were your What was y'all's immediate... Re- well, okay, before we hit the lineup, what was your response to just horse challenge? I... I was
1: like, "Hey, it's something, right?" That's all. I, <laughs> that's really all I could put was, "Hey, see, that's it's something." That's it's the difference. Not nothing.
0: The difference between Kyle and I is he's so optimistic about like, "Hey, this is better than nothing," and I'm like, "I was promised a feast of sports in the month of March and April, and you're giving me airplane peanuts, and I'm <laughs> mad about it." And Kyle's like, "I like peanuts. This is better than starving," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, it isn't."
1: Well, no, it's not peanuts. It's the uh, what are those cookies that you always the get? The biscotti. The biscotti. biscotti. It's the Biscoff cookies. cookie. Yeah, yeah, the Biscoff cookie. It's
2: the. But and the a, problem and is, a is, and the a flight- ginger
1: ale, because you know you only get ginger ale on airplanes.
2: Listen, dude, <laughs> this is what happens. You were promised a, an in-flight feast, and you, instead you got a Biscoff cookie. But this is what happens when there's mother effing corona snakes on the mother effing plane. That's. <laughs> That's just how this works. (laughs) That's just how things mess around. I will admit this. When all of this started going down, this was a thought I immediately had. It was like, just do virtual horse. Just have people my initial thought was to do little tykes horse like in your house that or do like one on one against your kids on your knees little tykes. I would watch the crap out of that. I've thought about like calling you guys and being like, if you have a little tykes hoop let's play horse in our living rooms just like kill the time. And so when they announced this, like, actually, like, this could be fun. Obviously, this is a long-term thing, but, you know, turn it into a fun thing. On the NBA spectrum, too, like, in my head, I go, like, why not just do, like, a rehashed dunk contest, or, like, everyone can do one from their house, and you, I don't know. But, like, I think the, I actually like the idea of this overall. It's, it's something to watch. It's kind of fun. Um, proceeds are, um, I think it's for. Charitable purposes is one of the biggest things that's holding this through. So, but essentially, what this is it's an eight-player tournament. Um, they're gonna play the rules of horse. Do I need to explain horse? I think we're good. Um, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I really hope I don't. No horses will be involved. If that helps. If that you don't you know that right direction. So that's <laughs> true. That's true. But You're do you have that. to confirm that the <laughs> other player has ho- a horse at their house? Has one like, available? Man. Like that's that's the type of stuff that uh, like like okay, I got an idea for a shot, but like what kind of sprinklers you got? I wonder if like legally so speaking they have gone through
1: and like here are the do's and don'ts and what you can and can't do <laughs> they had someone
2: they had someone send a drone to do like a regulation test of whatever court <laughs> they're going to use just to be like all right here's your parameters here's what you can and can't do because honestly what's going to happen a ton like 90 percent of this is going to be someone just walking to a sort of spot and just being like so like here <laughs> so like from here and bank it." right that's what i gotta do okay That's gonna be eighty percent of the program. They're
0: gonna watch walk to that like green electrical box between yards. They're gonna be like, you know where your
2: box is? All right, walk to your box, and hopefully it's in the same spot as our. I'm sorry, between yard box. You just described seventy percent of my childhood, and now I'm so in. between yard <laughs> like,
1: box. Like a sprinkler box.
2: You know the like, big green thing I'm talking about. Oh, I don't know I what you. it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's got like the electrical monster I got, like the to monster I got you, Yeah, the electric- tells you that it's dangerous. <laughs> Mine always had like pictures to be like, see it's dangerous. And like to show you it was electrical, it literally had like a, like a Ghostbusters monster, but it was made out of lightning bolts that was like, this could get you. <laughs> and that's what they mean by electricity. Anyway, but yeah, just like I'm going to stand on the electrical box and like do a, like a somersault flip and then throw a ball in the air and see if it goes in. Like it, I'm interested, like it, it may just be just a bunch of jumpers. And then like Zach Levine will do like a 720 dunk just to be like, I kind of <laughs> just want to go home. Like, but I think <laughs> I'm definitely intrigued by this. I I think there's a lot to be interested about here. Um, So I think Allie Quigley comes in right now with, I believe it's second to least odds. I believe she's an eight to one odd and Mm -hmm. catches, catches a little bit below that. What, what do you guys really think is the realistic opportunity that, that Quigley has here? Allie Quigley faces off against Chris Paul in the first round. She's already shown off one of the shots in her repertoire and it involves her sitting crisp, cross-legged and Chris Paul has already admitted. He can't do that. So <laughs> that's, that's an H, but outside of that, like, where do you guys really see this going? This is like, what My, type of stuff do you want to see out of it? I have I
1: no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. I do think yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see Courtney cool. Vander at some point, like assisting, Oh, definitely. Uh, there will be something going on there, but like other, I have, I have no idea. I love, I love that she just sent new, a, like, a shot of her just like sitting on the ground. Like here you go, like shot one, <laughs> and yeah. like I love that. That's like the the teaser that we
2: have for yeah, this. Here we have like the most horse shot that's ever existed. Well, I guess I guess the better question is when you saw the overall lineup, and that includes Alec Ouellet, Tamika, the play, the NBA players that are involved. Like, what was your immediate response to the lineup? As it came out, because quite honestly, of all the individuals that could have been involved in this, this is an interesting lineup of eight individuals.
1: It is. It's pretty interesting to see who they snagged for this. Um, yeah. My thought is of anybody in the WNBA, I think that Quigley's got about as good a chance as anybody because she's just a sniper from anywhere on the court. Um I'm glad that they got catch to do it uh, with her recent induction. Uh, and then the rest was just like, honestly, and I say this as someone who lives in Utah and is a jazz fan, Mike Conley is the one that I was like, him? You know, like, okay. <laughs> like I'm so confused <laughs> as to why of all, of all players, like obviously Trey Young's got a yeah. lot of hype. Levine. Has won two dunk contests and has then not won either of them. Like, yeah, or was no, that Aaron Gordon? He, no, he, he won. won he won. He beat Aaron Gordon. Yeah, he's, sorry, he's he's. And I'm
0: gonna, it. I'm gonna air quotes won both, but he did win both.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so like, it, it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just whoever has good internet connection over <laughs> Wi-Fi from their court, so they can do a Zoom meeting horse challenge. Like I don't know. Yeah.
2: You also have Chris Paul, who has the cross between being Chris Paul and also having like he's at like dad shoot level. You know how every dad that's, can make that's a what weird I'm worried shot. About. <laughs> like every yeah. like every dad in America can't shoot a real jumper, but they can somehow make a shot from like the garage door to the hoop across the driveway, like around like behind their shoulder. It's a hook shot,
1: Yeah, it's like a sky yeah. hook from like like the every dad has like line. a wicked hook yeah. shot
2: or they can like <laughs> bounce it off their knee. Every dad's got a weird dad shot. I mean, I want to see what his dad shot is. Like. That's 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 the interesting part here. So, no, I, I find it really interesting. I think like I agree with you guys that Ali was a really good choice. I think there were definitely a lot of other players that on the mainstream front might have stood out. Right. Your DTs, your birds you know, Stewies, your Candace Parkers, whatever have you but if you legitimately want someone in there who's actually going to like put shots down and make it competitive Quigley's is a really strong point. I actually really like a, a point Logan made before we hit record, which is, this is definitely someone who if, if quickly can put together an impressive performance, this is the type of thing that on the mainstream front, people not as familiar with the league can go, Hey, I've never heard of her, but she's pretty automatic. Like, I might want to check that out. So I actually think that's a smart move on that end. Um, what do you guys expect out of catch? Cause I, I, I'll be straight. Like I haven't watched her play basketball in some time. So yeah, I don't. I, I don't know of any footage that shows like what level her game is at right now. I'm not saying it's not there. I but, mean, she's uh,
1: like. she's Tamika Catchings, and honestly. <laughs> Yeah, she's that's, got. That's she's to be. But at the same, again, I don't know how much ball she's been playing lately. But you know what? Again, as a Jasmine, I don't know how much ball Mike Conley's been playing lately. Uh, he is. If he shoots the same percentage in this as he has, uh, as he has during the season, Catch has got a real good shot. She's yeah. she's gonna be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. That's the thing. So. I think catch has an if, if catch rolls out in like a classic, like UT with light blue outline Jersey and a blue headband, like the classic tent, like vol like lady vol catch it's over. Um, Like it really comes down to what, what mindset that we're going to get out of that. So I think that's definitely, you know, a strong spot there. Here's the last question I have. Obviously this is, this is for charity. It's going to be a fun event. It's, People putting baskets and hoop balls and hoops, so it's, I guess, it, you know, it's more than what we've been getting recently. Um, but that all said, I, I kind of want to go through the lineup really quick, and this is the last thing we'll do before we hit draft. But, um, if you could make, I'm going to give each of you guys two changes, so you can make two changes, so two players that you could swipe out and swipe in. Uh, who would those be? And they could be like you can swipe an NBA player and put in a WNBA player, whatever you want to do. Mm. I got to swap one out and swap one in. Yeah, so you you can have up to two. So you can do that a second time if you want to.
1: Um, if it's me, I'm taking out Mike Conley and I'm putting in Brittany Greiner. Nice.
2: Okay. <laughs> That's interesting.
1: Because like I've call. seen Griner go toe to toe with DT from the three point line, and I'm ready to see her like dropping dropping threes in in this competition.
2: Hmm. I see it. I see it. Um. Like I think the two that like come to mind with me and like Logan, if you have anything, jump in.
0: I've got like, I've got at least one swap. I'm thinking of a second. Yeah. Um. Go on. Yeah, I think you're, so, you're going to uh, take out the same person I'm going to take out.
2: I hope so, because for sure, like I'm sorry, this Paul Pierce doesn't need to be in anywhere near yes, this. Paul yeah. Pierce is um, automatically the first one out. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a couple different ways that like it hits with me. I think one that like thought that I had that came to mind was like this thing just kind of has super written all over it. Um, but. I think you do it like this. Like I would take up Paul Pierce and Zach Levine and make that matchup Suver versus Meg Megan Rapino, <laughs> and incorporate a soccer goal into that round. So like Pino has to make a basketball shot to match anything Sue makes. But if she does, if she does match or like she gets to where she gets a first shot, she can do like a soccer trick and then it just switches the whole dynamic up. Like that's, that's where I would take that. The other move that I would make um, as I dive into this is it would probably be Paul Pierce. But if I could pick another player to pull, I would probably say take out Chauncey and put in Victor Oladipo. But he has to be thingamajig from The Masked Singer season <laughs> two. Like it can't. So it's technically not Oladipo. It's thingamajig costume and all like Nick Cannon can like roll him out to the state and like, yeah. And that's, I think you'd make those changes. You've saved the whole event. <laughs> Primetime television. So you're taking out Paul Pierce to kick off Logan. What changes do you want to make? Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you first the, the two that I'm least interested in, in seeing. And I, I'm, you know, it's still, it'll be fun or whatever. I don't dislike Paul Pierce, but as far as people who, who will light up the camera and do interesting things, I think Paul Pierce and John C are the right two to take out. Uh, the there's a couple players I would consider putting in first. I think I I would put Diamond to Shields in, uh, just because no matter who you pair her with, she's just so charismatic and and good on
2: screen that I, I think it would just automatically be fun. Plus, just slowly, just slowly make it all sky players, right?
0: <laughs> but but I specifically her because I think I would trust her to to go with some of the classics. Like I think she would have the behind the back free throw, uh, maybe maybe like the left handed shot. You know, the offhand shot like she would go down the the horse memory lane of shots that you tried against your friends. Like maybe like the, the behind the backboard, like like sky, you know, loopy shot. that You have to shoot like 20 feet in the air. So I, I'd love to see some of those in there. And I, I would trust her to to have some creative, uh, creative ideas. The other one, I, I think we lost a lot of the momentum that uh, the women's tournament had been building towards the draft. And I think to regain uh-huh. that this week, I think if you put in Sabrina... I mean, is that cheating? I like or, you know, I think more people would want to see Sabrina than Chauncey Billups. And it it might add some intrigue to the draft coming up because obviously she's a name that people are going to be familiar with. So,
2: man, you're right. You're right. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's good. That's probably the answer. Like,
0: Uh, like pair pair her with anyone, but especially like pairing her with Chris Paul, I think would have been really like fun, um, yeah, and basically anybody would be the same, you know, amount of fun. But that—that's the pairing that I want to see, just because Chris Paul, love him or hate well, him, should, I know a lot of NBA fans don't uh, like well, him very thing, much. He is a big supporter of. of apparently,
2: Sabrina has been doing training with Steph Curry. I don't that's know how the doing it socially distant wise. So have Sabrina be Steph Curry, like if if they're already commiserating, just get it done. I don't I don't see how you don't do that. You can even go way, way, way back if you want and throw in like a Paige Becker's or like a high school phenom. Like do some fun stuff. Ah, Sabrina is such a good call. I like that one a lot, which randomly hearing Sabrina makes me think like Asia Wilson would make this fun. Mm -hmm. Like. I like the mixed version of this. If you did an NBA and like a W version of this, it could just be so much fun. like there's a lot that you could do to make that fun. I,
0: I also have considered going outside of basketball just because there are other athletes I think would be fun. Um, I, I think the whole point is to focus on basketball. But like, I'm not going to say no, if JJ Watt shows up to like help out with someone's yeah. shot once or twice, well, cause, you know, like, cause that,
2: that was my thought was like you could or even just like, do one round where you do a lowered hoop and then like everyone's kid has to do one. Like <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways where you are like dog, have everyone do an airbud, like something like that. Cause I've thought about like, Oh, you could have worked like a celebrity into this. Like you could have gotten like Ken, Ken Jong to do something or like someone random. That's just, Hey, I'm sure the they will.
0: Now. By the time they get to the finals, I'm sure they'll, they'll have called in their favors.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that there's a lots of factor here. So we've talked about uh, the horse challenge for a lot longer than I expected. We would. Um, it has anyone been able to say horse challenge with a straight face yet. That's <laughs> what in the world is happening. This, by the way, this is going to be on the heels of like an e tournament. Like a 2K tournament, yeah,
1: the 2K tournament that was going on.
2: Yeah. Like, this is where we're living right now. Like, this is le- like, just do a virtual hot dog eating contest. Like. Just see if three basketball players can beat Joey Chestnut over Zoom. <laughs> like, like, the ideas start to flow when you really just let your mind shut off. Um. So check that out. April 12th. I. It's funny because I'm being critical. There's actually I expect this to be fun um, and it's really is like a with everything going on right now, we might as well see something interesting. Um, so this is uh Sunday, April 12th, 7 PM Eastern. This will be on ESPN. So that's when it'll kick off. I believe it runs over a handful of days. Uh, so, you know, big up. We it, we're sending all of our energy to Allie Quigley and to Mickey catchings to represent. Well, this will be a, a super fun time. That said, guys, let's, let's jump in and talk about the 2020 WNBA draft. Uh, We've done this now. This is, I believe, the third draft that we've rolled into. And typically we have a customary tradition. We like to do a mock draft. And then next week, check us out again as we do our draft grades. We'll do a review of how things went down, grade each team based on their performance in the draft, uh, which. Man, is that going to be interesting for Dallas? Because, boy, (laughs) do they have a lot of exams on their record to be graded on. Uh, that's going to make life interesting. So let's, let's run through the draft board, uh, really quick. Actually, before I even do that, let's, let's talk about the virtual draft. So, you know, horse challenge, we're moving right into the virtual rendition of the draft. Um, obviously as, as was announced, you know, picks are going to be done more or less over remote zoom, whatever, you know, it's going to be, um, What are you guys thoughts on this where, you know, obviously, as opposed to just postponing this and hoping that we can put on an actual event, they've decided to make these picks right away. I think it makes sense where, you know, as a team, you want to make sure you have your this involves this gives people something to watch. That's pseudo interesting. But at the same time, uh, you know, as a basketball player, draft day is one of those pinnacle moments right walk up the stage hear the applause do the pose things like that what were your thoughts uh the immediate reactions you guys have on the decision to forego postponing this keeping it on the same date and doing it online
1: i i love it i think it's awesome that they've been able to keep you know keep things where they're at and try and you know move forward and be ready for when all of this finally does blow over, that we're ready to hit the ground running, you know, it would be really difficult when all of a sudden we're given the green light to say, Hey, yeah, basketball's back on sweet. Let's do a draft and then <laughs> a training camp and then cuts and then like, and then preseason, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, we, in order to have as much of the WNBA season as possible, like, coming up we got to get the draft done when it's done and i understand that yeah i love what you said steve about they're not able to like walk up hear the applause you know stand up get their picture taken you know that kind of like that's gonna suck and like uh, but at the same time unfortunately these players have already experienced that having not been able to experience march madness for a lot of their senior and junior years um so like yeah, like, like it's a bummer, but I'm glad I'm glad to see th- this decision
2: be made. I know. I agree. I think um, there's really two sides of it, which is you kill the unique experience like you kill the traditional experience. But does the unique experience add to it a little bit? Does knowing you were a part of the virtual draft when we look back in history, does that add some sort of. Intrigue. Uh, Here's a weird comparison. And again, this is a weird like wrestling thing, but like WrestleMania just happened, right? It's biggest wrestling event of the year. Hundreds of thousands of people usually show up for this thing. It's this big. It's you know as big as the Super Bowl. It's this giant event. And it took place in a warehouse with no people. they decided, oh, we're going to do this. And there were two sides of the argument, right? One is, well, why not postpone this until you can get back into a stadium and do this a big way? And I think the other side of it is I wonder if morbid curiosity plays a role and people will just want to see what an empty event kind of looks like and how they're going to put it together. And to the WWE's credit, they had like a 57% increase in social engagement from last year to this year. And I think a lot of it was because, Hey, we're going to try this out and we're going to see how people respond to it. So I get that idea of uniqueness. Honestly, if there's one small thing that um, I'm pulling from it is, I think as players, they'll find a way to get through this and still make this into a nice moment. I think uh, the league will, you know, find a way to make this into something. It'll be nice to have something to watch through all of this that's for real in 2020 going on. The one element of it that, you know, is, is a little, you know, it's just a bit of a downer in a way is, I mean, it was announced well before all of this went down. Uh, that there was going to be a formal honor uh, for Alyssa Altabelli, Gianna Bryant, and Peyton Chester during this event. And obviously uh, those were three girls who passed away in the helicopter crash that took, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant and, and nine people in total in January. We talked a lot about, obviously, Gigi's gotten a lot of discussion because she had aspirations to get to the league, and a lot of people know this, but Alyssa and Peyton Chester were... Uh, very much on those same trajectories, played on that same team. You know, those stories are all really sad. I know Sa- Sabrina Unesco actually is very close to the Mamba Academy, did a lot of uh, workouts there, knew these three girls really well. To have that honor and not have the opportunity of letting people give a standing ovation and really give that honor. And I don't know if they were going to invite families and anyone out to this event. I don't know if this is you know, what level of what they were going to do but that we're not able to get that kind of resounding response. I think of, for instance, when I watched Kobe's memorial event and Vanessa Bryant got up to speak, one of the most cathartic moments dealing with all of that was the just the ovation she got. I don't know if you guys watched that at all, that moment. It was one of the most enlivened in- ovations I've ever watched of anything ever because everyone was behind this person. Like We were all... I wasn't there but like I think everyone in the building was there to be like, we're here for you and to support you. And like you have all of our love and care and to have to to not have that uh, ambiance for that moment uh, sucks in a way. Um, you know, I think Kathy Engelbert has done a really good job at mitigating and not mitigating, but handling a lot of these situations and putting together the best possible scenario when put into hard situations. I have confidence that she'll find a way to really turn it into something. but. Just one of those moments, kind of a small thing. Uh, Logan, I might have taken up some of your real estate, but your thoughts on the the decision on the virtual draft model? No,
0: I, I mean, I agree. I, it's a very practical decision because essentially it comes down to if it can be done virtually, the responsible thing to do is to do it virtually. Um, I'm sure a lot of these competitors are ready for that moment in the spotlight and to you know to walk on stage and put on the hat, but they're probably more concerned with the playability of the season and really getting their spot, you know, on the team and getting to show what they can do on the floor. So I don't know. I don't want to speak for them, but if I had to guess, I'd say the majority of them would prefer a virtual draft and, a and a, you know, a chance to show what they can do in action Yeah. versus risking, you know, getting all together in a room and then delaying the season that much longer.
2: Yeah. I think there's a lot of nuanced things that now can happen Over this time, right? Because now you're on the team, like, you know, you're now part of the New York Liberty. So now you're in the team text chat and, you know, we all text each other. Now you're like a part of that group and you can start doing that level of coordination and you can talk to certain people on the staff who can help you with workouts and get to know playbooks. And like there's little minute stuff that you could be a part of, which is nice in the long run of like, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of these people are like, yeah, I get postponing it. But I also just kind of want to know what team I'm on, (laughs) like like I'm getting to the league. I want, I can, I want to know. So I think, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of different questions about it. I mean, I'm excited about it because it just, man, it gives us something to talk about, something to be excited about. It gives the, the WNBA a good spotlight. Of course, this is going to be televised, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on the 17th on ESPN. It was initially touted as ESPN 2 a lot of fans and, and social media followers pushed back and, while it's not a definitive that that led to the decision to move this to ESPN, you could believe that was definitely a part of it. Um, so moving on from that, Oh, we're going to drive into, and I feel like I've been super rambly. So sorry, everyone. It's just, I feel rusty. It's funny. It's cause we've done shows every week, but I just, I don't know. How do you guys just stay loose? Are there any podcast workouts you're doing that? I'm not doing. (laughs) Like. Not Other quite. than, I right. mean,
0: I scream into my pillow from time to time. That that keeps me pretty limber. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <why? laughs> gets,
0: gets the blood flowing.
2: Oh, but uh, why is the word limber so weird to me? Um. So let's let's go ahead and drive to the mock draft. So uh, we'll just be doing first round only. Uh, how this works is each of us will have four selections. So we'll go in our traditional draft order selecting on behalf of the team, how you select that player is solely up to you. If you want to do it based on what you think the team would do. Cool. If you want to do it based on what you personally, you would do in this case. Also cool. Uh, That's the style of a mock draft. Make that selection how you want. Um, So we'll just take that dive into it. Uh, The next week after everything takes place, we'll draw back, see how we did comparatively. And then on top of things, uh, give our grades on those draft selections in our review, which which uh, I I feel bad because I feel like I'm jinxing Logan here. The draft uh, the mock draft is actually you know Logan gives himself uh, a lot of of cut for for predictions and lack thereof in Logan's case. Logan, your track record with mock draft is actually pretty solid. Yeah,
0: uh, I I'm actually I, I try not to the the moment I I you know, humble brag about it is the moment that it reverts to the mean, but I've done. Okay. I've done. Okay. You, with the drafts, I which think means you hit all
2: but one of your picks last year.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I did. I felt good about last year. Um, and, and that means this year, I'm going to actually be willing to take a few more risks. Uh, so, so I hope that yeah. I don't get yelled at for that, but I, I feel like <laughs> I, I, I have earned myself uh some, some variations from the chalk. We'll, we'll put it that way.
2: And with that noted, I mean, all of that when it comes to the prediction uh, spectrum with you in that case, that's where this first pick gets interesting, because one might say that we're throwing you a bone here, but one also might say if this goes another direction, it's absolutely confirmed whether or not you're cursed in the prediction game. (laughs) So we're officially kicking off the WNBA Nation 2020 mock draft. uh, Logan, you're going to kick things off on behalf of the New York Liberty with the first pick and you are on the clock.
0: All right. Well, I'm not going to overthink this one. I I if I hope I didn't build up too much uh too much just now, but I I will say this. Sabrina Ionescu is not I don't think she is miles ahead of the next two picks in this draft, but I think she is the correct pick at number 1. Is that a is that a good way to put it? I I think people have basically taken this as like she's tier 1 and then the rest of the draft is like a regular draft but she's a future star. I really think there are future stars at the top couple spots in this draft and you really can't go wrong. But for New York situation, Jonascu is the the correct pick and they the, they should not overthink it.
2: The most likely next two picks in this draft could be number one picks in almost any other draft. I mean it's Absolutely. We yeah. just looked
0: at all the other drafts. I like, the last I like time your, we got on on Mike I like
1: your take, Logan. I think that what, you know, like I think she is the correct number one pick, but I don't think that. I think that if you have a two through four, probably in this draft, I'd be, I'm pretty happy if I'm a two through four in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: This is, this is a, in in fact, it doesn't really, it's not really anything against Sabrina. There's there's honestly, there's, there's not a weakness in her game. We've never seen a player do what she's done in college. Like she should be the number one pick. Uh, I guess that just speaks more to, the depth, at least at the top end of this draft yeah. that we, we just looked at all those drafts the last time we were, were talking to each other. And it's so early. There's, there's no way to know, but this certainly feels like one of those drafts that we could look at in five to six years and say, wow, remember how one, two, three, four in yeah. that draft was just insane. And the number one kind of the banner carrier for, for this group is Sabrina.
2: Here's I, I, I'm going to give one critical piece to this cuz this obviously is generally a no-brainer. Go ahead and do this. You New York Liberty has actually one of the more set back courts already in Kia Nurse and Asia Durr and I'm really intrigued to see how they work around that. Now, you could technically work Kia at the 3 somehow to make this work. And I guess technically, SQ has stretch level experience. Maybe she sure. can even play a, a wing level position, like I, I like a post level position. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can work it. To me, it's um, if you just put it in a vacuum, backcourt isn't really the Liberty's need now. Right now, you have the number one pick. You take the best. If yeah. you have a generational mm-hmm. level player, you take it. You don't ask questions. You move on. But if you're looking at needs, like for Finding a way to bolster your front court in a draft that's got a really solid level of, of post players, that's the one thing I think. Like, Obviously, you're not going to regret this. You're getting a generational player, but that's <laughs> the one thing that I do have is you, Can you I, play uh, that question of do we play to our strengths and actually add to that or do we just go ahead and take the golden goose?
0: Yeah, as as a rule, you should never get cute with the number one pick in a draft. You should draft for talent and, and Sabrina is the talent you should draft. But allow me to get crazy for the next 20 seconds. Yep. So Dallas has four picks in the first round, correct? Yeah. What if they really wanted Sabrina and New York really wanted the forward? Who's probably going to go at number two and they were willing to trade the number one pick for, let's say the two and the nine and get two picks in the first round, give up Sabrina, take that forward and then pick again, seven spots later.
2: The only issue with that is literally Kathy Engelbert is going to veto it no matter what and be like, we <laughs> really need Sabrina in a large market, and she's going to New York. Because if you're <laughs> Dallas,
0: honestly, if I was Dallas, I would prefer three picks in the first round or even two picks in the first round and Sabrina. Like, if if that was my yeah. priority was to get her, and if if yeah. you're New York and you need to... I mean, like we said, there's a lot of depth in this draft. And if you could hit twice in the first nine picks, if you were willing to give Sabrina up, I don't know.
2: See, and that's a case where I think like Dallas would probably even be willing to say literally take the four picks, like have (laughs) all of it. We'll take the shot. Um, But, you know, my conspiracy theory brain on on lotteries is not uh, (laughs) is not a secret to anybody. There's very much a reason why New York was given the first pick that year. Sabrina Ionescu is going to enter the draft. I just no, I, I think you're right. The, Sp- the Sparks can't have it, so they and, and I do. Give it to I,
0: I I feel like I'm sounding a little down on Sabrina. If if I was New York, I would take her. But if Dallas came oh, yeah. calling and said, "We will give you two, and we will give you nine if yeah. you give us one," I would yeah. field the phone call and I would think about it.
2: Yeah, this is this is 100. The right yeah i mean you're getting um you know i'm i'm really intrigued to see how this shifts new york's draft run because they've made a similar style pick three years in a row but if that's a that's a problem i'm cool having if i'm the Liberties, <laughs> hey i've got three all-star level guards that i i need to figure out i I don't think that's a big deal. So uh, Sabrina Inesco out of Oregon for the first pick to New York. I have the second selection out of Dallas. So we actually it's set up so all of us get a Dallas pick at least one, which is nice. <laughs> this is an interesting spot, a because there's really two options that have been bandied about. It's hard to tell which direction you can go because both are really solid picks. It might more or less determine what Kyle has unless he has a real trick up his sleeve. And boy, you never know uh, when it comes to comes to Kaywood, but. Um, I, I'm I'm going with Lauren Cox out of Baylor for the number two pick for a handful of reasons. One, um, I I, th- I mean, I, Cox or Shabali is a solid selection either way. I, I think a lot of it comes down to the things that you might risk with a certain pick. What safety nets do you have? And Dallas having four selections in the first nine picks tells me they have a room to make a few reservations. When you look at some of the reasons you might overlook Cox at the two, you go, okay, well, there might be potential injury history. Um so just had a phenomenal second half of the season at Oregon. And there are people very much arguing like she might be the breakthrough of the draft. Like We might be talking about her more than just about anyone in the long term. And that's absolutely true. If I'm Dallas, I'm looking, I got the five pick, and then I've got two other selections within the next four picks after that. I'm willing to take the bet on Lauren Cox being Lauren Cox. Also, if I can get that Waco Baylor market to make the drive over to Dallas to watch Lauren Cox play at that level, I think it makes a lot of sense. To me, this is a Dallas team that needs to find a reason to get eyes on the product, which is a part of why I think the, the Katie Lou trade went down was that was a way for people to go. This is someone who gets buzz. Let's make that happen. See if she can prove herself on, on, on this side of the world. And I could see Lauren Cox being a part of that too. Like, is this going to be a part of, you know, the Enrique Lauren Cox and, you know, Katie Lou is, is that level of connection, a student door? Like, do we actually have something that could work here? Um, I like her defensively. I think she's very stout in that sense. I like that. There's a lot of traditional post big level of play in her. And that works on a team right now. When you look at Dallas's roster full of playmakers, I think it's a good balance. Um, But that's where I'm going to stick with it. Uh, If you go by the draft, the mock drafts that I've seen, it's technically the less popular selection, but I just like Lauren Cox of the two. So that's what I'm doing.
0: I I like that a lot too. I I think Sabali and and Lauren Cox are on the same tier. Um, I do think Q is like tier tier all to herself, but the next tier down is not far away. And I think Cox and Sabali are they they basically take that whole tier over to themselves. So I don't think there's other players in the draft that are on that level. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah, I think. I, your argument makes sense to take Lauren Cox and, you know, she's got that Baylor crowd. Dallas needs some fans. They need to inject some some excitement into their into their um, into their fan base. Um, you know, you know they, they need some hype. They need some mm-hmm. excitement from a local,
2: you know, a local yeah. player. And I think Lauren Cox makes a lot of sense there. And, and this is my transition. And I don't know if you had an additional comment on pushback, but. This might tell the story of where things go next. I also think this slightly does Indiana a real favor if this plays out the way that it should, which is why I'm going to transition straight from here. So, Kyle, you're on the clock. Indiana Fever with third selection.
1: You made my choice really easy. We're going with Satu Sabali. Sabali is, in my opinion, the player with the highest ceiling in this draft. I think Sabrina is the most... Uh, league-ready player right now, but I think Sabali yeah. will end up being... I think she could end up being the highest ceiling of anybody in this draft. Um, look at the way that she's improved over the last several seasons in in Oregon, and she has just skyrocketed season after season, getting better and better, and Sabali really could be a generational talent. Right. It may take her a season or two to to start to make as big of a difference, but, um, if she is still available for Indiana, I love having, uh, uh, Tierra McCowan and Satu Sabali as your one, two punch in your front court. I think that's just, that's beastie to me. I think that, I think if, if Saboli's available for Indiana, I think that she really makes, um, I think she makes Indiana playoff team.
2: I, yeah, I I think this does Indiana a favor because I, if I'm looking at some of the heavy needs with Indiana, um, Sabli is that answer in terms of you're not going to go wrong with either player. You're getting raw excitement out of Satu Sabli. Like she's the type of player that takes the elements you have in Indiana and just adds some real flair. And Dallas has some of that flair already. You know, you have Arika Gumbawale, you have those levels of players. I, I think you you really add to that and give potentially a spark that obviously they really need based on their recent track record. I think that's a really strong thing. If I had to give a word to explain Satu Sali on the court, it's overwhelming. It just, physically, it is really hard to match up against her. And and I think she may still bring that prowess to the league. Um, also, just the satu Tierra McCowan matchup is going to be something. That's
1: Yeah, I think that, that's good cooking. I think that that <laughs> they would be two front court players yeah. who would be very different and honestly might be my favorite could be my favorite front court in the entire league.
2: I think Lauren Cox and Tierra McCowan is a great front court if it goes that way.
1: I think Lauren Cox S- and Tierra S- McCowan's the S- best S- defensive front court yeah. by far. Subley yeah.
2: Subaly and McCowan. Complement each other's games in such a freakish way. Uh, that would just be a very fun front court. I like get really it, it has that ability in it, so I like that a lot. So we've gotten a lot of the the pseudo. I don't want to say obvious, but you know the real standard lottery level picks out of the way. Sabrina Eskin, New York, Lauren Cox to Dallas, Sadusadly Sa- Sa- to Indiana. We'll see if that goes the way it does on the seventeenth. Let's start having some real fun. Yeah. Uh let's hit uh, Logan, let's head to Atlanta where the plays play uh with the number 4 selection Man. here on the clock.
0: Something just really quick while you guys were discussing that. I was looking at these teams who obviously are picking high because they weren't great last year and between three players that I believe could be legit stars, possibly superstars in the league and New York, Dallas and Indiana, I'm not sure what's going to win out. But it feels like not every one of those teams is going to get the most out of those three players. I just don't know who... I I can't imagine any of those players, you know, not hitting. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. it's also hard to imagine all three of those teams grabbing a franchise player and actually successfully rebuilding, you know, in a season or two. Because that never happens. Like, things always seem to go wrong. So, I just... I I don't know where... I hope it, Indiana doesn't ruin one of these three players. That's what I'm really saying, I guess.
1: I was going to say, Logan, just say what you're thinking. You're because like, one of these teams won't be as good at well, developing. Well, because I'm nervous. To say, cause like, I, you Indiana's know, not going to be good no matter who they pick. Because I, really,
0: I really believe in all three of these players. But, you know, one of them is a team that a lot of good prospects in the past have gone to just peter out. And that's hard to imagine, but. It, it's also hard to picture Indiana getting it right. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they took uh,
1: eighth last year, dude. They're
2: not really <laughs> far off. <laughs> I mean, they, they switched, they, they switched up their coaching situation. They did. They did. There's a lot to happen there. I think Tierra showed really hard promise. Um, I, Yeah. It's a tough spot. It's a really tough spot. It, they're about to watch one of their, one of their own become a hall of famer. Maybe that does. Something I don't know. By the way, we got to talk at some point. We can't now. We got to talk about the 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 catch era fever jerseys. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Crazily underrated jersey, but we'll 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 talk about it later. Anyway, those are those are three. You're on the clock in Atlanta.
0: Those are three top selections that, yeah, uh, that are going to unenviable situations. Each of them. Like none of those are like, oh, that's a great situation to be in. Anyway, um. Atlanta's the first team that I could see being a potential trade partner with Dallas because Dallas, again, I have a hard time seeing them picture like, like picking four times in the first round. I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, and I don't think anyone in the first three picks is going to trade down um for anybody that's already on a roster and, and risk losing any of those three top picks. Atlanta could. And that's because the, the person that Atlanta should take might be available a pick or two later. Atlanta should take Ty Harris. That's the player that I want to see go there. Out of out of uh, out of. Now I'm blanking. Out of Carolina, not North Carolina, South Carolina. <laughs>
2: South yeah. not I North like, Carolina. I was like,
0: why can't I think of the direction, but I can think of the state.
2: <laughs> Only the consensus number one team in the country, Logan. Yeah, so, um, I was it's like, I can, it's like
0: like like I can see your face. Um, they should take tires out of South Carolina and not Kennedy Carter. Uh, it's close for me, but after watching uh, tape on both of these players. I think the faster, more athletic, more dynamic player is Harris. Uh, that is not a popular consensus among mock drafts. Kennedy Carter is the more decorated player. She's we'll get, we'll get to her in a minute and you can kind of rattle off her accolades, but Taisha Harris um is a, an honorable, honorable mention, all American. She's an sec, like all whatever team. She's, she's one of the best players on the best team, maybe in the country. Uh, and it's a, it's a guard that's kind of the prototype of what Atlanta likes uh, to have in the fold and someone that I think could develop there. Um, so that's the pick I have for Atlanta. But again, this is something that I could see, you know, if Atlanta wanted to switch uh, since Dallas picks next, if they wanted to swap picks and have Dallas take Carter and get something in return or in some other way, deal with um, Dallas's roster, I could see Atlanta being kind of the first team on the phone yeah. with them. So thoughts yeah. on Ty Harris over Kennedy Carter? I didn't know if that was going to be popular with you guys or not.
2: It, it is an unpopular move. I agree with you 100% because I think when I look at what Atlanta's done in the offseason, Ty Harris matches up next to Courtney Williams very well. I don't think Kennedy Carter matches up with Courtney Williams very well. I, I don't know that Kennedy Carter plays a strong Nicky Collins style of basketball. And that's a that'd be a concern to me. I think Ty fits right in. Yeah. And can become a a pivotal player like right out the shoot. And I could see the dream. The dream had a low key strong offseason. Like a strong like working themselves back into the playoff picture. Maybe not. Obviously not what they showed off in 2018. But definitely getting mm-hmm. out of the hole that they put themselves in in 2019. And I think some of the difficulties you have. And a lot of the Andrew McCarty difficulties was injuries, but some of the, the offensive frustrations you can see with Andrew McCarty in Atlanta, Kennedy Carter kind of brings some of those up in the same way. And when we get to Kennedy Carter's selection, we can talk more about it there. I, I like Ty. I like the consistency. I like the athleticism. Um, I like the ability to distribute consistent shooter. I think it's a solid move. I, I actually totally agree with you. That's not the name. Like when I thought outside of Kennedy Carter, for some reason, Ty isn't who I thought of. But I, I think it makes sense in my head. Kyle, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, actually, I disagree completely. Um, I think that Kennedy Carter is a great fit in it in Atlanta. Um, I think that she really meets a lot of needs that they have. They were very turnover prone last year. Um. And she's someone who can handle the ball um, and see the floor and takes care of the ball pretty well. Um, I do think that Ty Harris is a great selection. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. I just think that if Kennedy Carter is available at four, which I'm pretty sure she will be. um, I think she's one that. Like she's one that I would, you, I would have to take just because I think that she is that much better than several other players who would still be available. That's just my, that's my thoughts. That's good. I,
0: I like when we have like, like, ah, this is where I stand on this and, and their opposing thoughts on this because it means one of us gets to be right at some point. And I, <laughs> that's, that's positive for just as a group. That's good for us.
1: There you go. That's how we should make the rest of these picks, right? Like make one and then have someone else be like, actually, <laughs> Trash. no. <Yeah>. Trash.
2: <laughs> just so that one of us is always right. Yeah. That's, yeah, how yeah. We should, yeah. that's a yeah.
1: good good take, look. <laughs> I,
2: I, I will save my Kennedy Carter opinions when we get to her being drafted. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to take it. Obviously she definitely has built out a lot of hype for a lot of reasons. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, Logan acting on behalf of the Atlanta dream and their corrupt owner, uh, Ty Harris out of South Carolina. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I'm, about not, that. I'm not, I'm not going to ignore it. someone that should be jailed. Um, so, uh let's head to the fifth selection. I've got Dallas again. Uh and you know what? I'm gonna have some fun. Yes. So uh Uncle Phil Carlton, let's go to Princeton. Bella Ollery out of Princeton at the yes.
1: um, I am so glad to see like yeah, I'm I, I think this is a fun pick, Steve. And I, like I don't it. think it's that I don't think I don't think you're off base. But here's the thing really
2: Dallas don't. can afford to make a fun pick here. Like, I think because what they're saying is like we come up again at the seven and then again at the nine. If we're snubbing anyone, we're probably going to see him again in a minute. Like like the five is a very safe move for us to go. It's the one move where they definitely can go. Like, let's try something here. And Bell is an exciting player. Um, great transition defender. Someone who obviously can score well anywhere on the court. Can she play well against highly competitive defenses? That's where it gets tough because obviously she played very small teams at lackluster defenses in in what was honestly a poor Ivy League on a very good Princeton team. But I think this is someone that comes in who who played very exciting basketball. Like honestly, I don't want to harp too much on Kennedy Carter. I think the way a lot of people looked at Kennedy Carter and her excitement is kind of how I felt about Bella watching her at Princeton. Uh, and that's not just because I also was really into Princeton's uniforms last year, but that's nothing. Um, like I, I just, I think this is a fun selection and on top of it, this is someone who has the potential to be that next exciting non major player in the league who, you know, I can see Bella Allery being an all-star within her first three seasons. She has that in her, if she can prove it generally on the court against, you know, a larger, more stout level of defense. Um, and if there was anywhere that Dallas can say, Hey, we're going to try this, and and do something fun. I think this is where they can afford it. So that's why I'm, I'm heading to the Ivy league and I'm, and I'm picking up Bella for the fifth pick. Sweet. So, um, that Logan, you me. seemed excited. I don't, I, like, yeah, I just no, liked I it.
0: I, I liked it a lot because I think when we get to our Kennedy Carter takes, I think we're going to be in sync. That's all. Um, yeah, We've but for the pick, pick itself,
2: this has been a weird week for us. We've, it, really
0: it is weird we've been on yeah at some point we're gonna run into a roadblock and it's gonna be like oh we are we are way off on this one um but no i i really like that pick and obviously there is concern there because of maybe the weak college competition as you mentioned but if for some reason dallas does make four picks in the first round this is a rare situation where you don't have to take a can't miss prospect with every pick you can take upside and if Dallas yep. four times takes upside, they're going to hit on a couple of them and they're going to be a better team for it.
2: It would be the most beautiful disaster ever if they hit on none of them. <laughs> um, like if they made those selections four straight and then there's like Buffalo Bill styled flopped on all four of those. Oh, like that's that a documentary so in and of itself. I, it, that's not happening here, but it's just... It the cynical side of me is like, but what if, um, <laughs> it's just, that's if if half
0: of the first round is just garbage and they were the half that, <laughs> that <took laughs> just...
2: it, this is where things get interesting. If there's a team that's in weird flux right now, it's the Minnesota Lynx. I'm really intrigued at what they do at six. And I like Kyle, based on everything we've left on the table, has a lot of toys to play with. So I'm interested to see where you take this. Number six, Minnesota Lynx, you're on the clock.
1: Um, I think that Minnesota needs to really figure out who their backcourt is going to be. Uh, they just brought in Lexi Brown. I think that it could be a really good situation for Lexi. Um, getting, I think Lexi's primed for some more playing time. I honestly thought I, would, I was going to be picking between Ty Harris and Crystal Dangerfield at this spot. That's kind of who I was gonna be toying around with but you took ty harris and you've left kennedy carter um i think that i don't think i can let kennedy carter drop any further than she uh than she has i think that uh, i think she's got all the tools and i kind of almost think that she fit in minnesota i think uh i think that she could hop right in and, and really uh, play well for the Lynx. I think that she's a, a good fit there. If she if she's available, Minnesota I think would have to take her here.
0: I think of the of the names that I've seen tossed around in the first round by a lot of the different mocks that I've seen, this is one of my highest bust prospects. I don't know if Kennedy Carter is going to translate to the WNBA that well, despite being basically one of the more decorated. Players that we've ever seen come into the draft, which makes us a very difficult position to defend, I realize. But call it a gut instinct, call it just, you know, watching tape of her and just uh, the things that she does on the court in college. I don't know how well they're going to translate. I know the league is getting bigger every year. Five foot seven is tough to make work. I, I don't want it to just be that. But honestly, just watching her play, I don't know how long she's going to be in the league. And that's just a very dangerous position I've chosen to take.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's fine. If you th- if you're seeing busts, uh I'm good with that. I think that her experience with Texas A&M as well as uh playing for Team USA, you know, kind of growing up um in the U19s and and whatnot and mm-hmm. th- U18s. I think that she's got a lot of tools in her belt to do a lot of a lot of damage in the league. Um, I won't disagree and say she's not a bust prospect, but I think that I think that you have to take her on the upside potential at a number six pick. Mm. Um I think that she could be a top. Well, I don't think she'd be I think I don't think she's better than Yonescu or Savali. Um she could reach I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say I don't I don't want to say too high. I I do think that she's got a really high ceiling though. Um I think that she's uh she handles the ball well, she sees the floor well and uh i just i really Mm -hmm. like i think i was higher on texas a&m than a lot of other people were as well that that could
0: be it too is is that i'm i am a little bit lower on texas a&m but she she could be all of those things and i honestly like this is just me trying to be saucy and saying if there's a player name that i've seen come up a lot high in the draft this year that i'm not as sold on as the rest this is the player
2: I can respect that. Yeah, I respect I, that. I want see, to hear Steve's take on this. Here's the thing is um I I'm not gonna call Kennedy Carter a bust. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that. I didn't like her at the four. I just didn't see her as a top four level player. I didn't see her matching Atlanta. Kennedy Carter fills a very similar role that we saw out of Rika Gumawale, which is a very strong and exciting shot creator. Um I question a few things. She's improved on her turnovers, and I, I know you said they're looking for someone to mitigate turnovers. But turnovers isn't much. Like I, I never really saw Kennedy as a strong like late game clutch level player. There were levels of immaturity that I saw there that were issues, but still able to make things work. Not the most solid distributor. Not the most sound defender. But she can fill a pretty strong role. Like Enrique found a good role in Dallas. I think she's going to make that happen. I think Kennedy Carter can find a role. I really don't think that's Minnesota because basically if you're Minnesota, if you're getting Kennedy Carter, you're getting Odyssey Sims light. And hmm. what you're getting out of out of Kennedy, you're getting out of Odyssey plus. And I don't think you can put them both in a backcourt and feel comfortable with it. I think you need a traditional point person in the back that can, can rule things. Listen, I like there have been a couple Minnesota picks in the last couple of years that I was like, that ain't happening. And then it worked. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm talking about. When Odyssey Sims got moved to Minnesota, I remember thinking that's not going to work and it's worked pretty well. So if you know, I understand that like it go a lot of different ways. I think Kennedy Carter is going to find success if she gets in the right landing spot. Don't see be it being Minnesota. That said, she's someone who's calculated a lot of buzz. She's a very exciting offensive player. She's going to be a hard person to leave on the board if they drop all the way down to six. So I understand why you would make that move. I just yeah. don't. I don't feel it. I didn't feel in Atlanta. I don't quite feel it in Minnesota. It is the type of pick that I could t- see Dallas at the five being like, why not? Let's see. <laughs> uh, here's, let's, here's my let's thoughts. add a combustible element and see what happens with her i think with her declaring so
1: late that also brings some of the like oh like now she's available and it put it maybe projects her a little high i don't feel i'll I'll agree to the fact that i don't necessarily feel super safe taking her at the 4
2: i think at a 6 it's an absolute no brainer i'll say that here's here's my only Other issue on that, though. Six no brainer. If that's your feel, that's your feel. Crystal Dangerfield is a money pick in Minnesota. (laughs) Like that is like cut the cookie. Like it's right on the money to me. Like I like if I didn't know who was picked anywhere else and I was like, pick a player that jumps right in. It's. The Crystal Dangerfield is. I just fits right in, and maybe that's I'm funny. only thinking that because I'm, I've watched Nafisa Collier play in Minnesota, <laughs> and I know how <laughs> no, well those two played. It's funny Con, you say but. that
1: because I actually, when I was thinking I was going to be picking between uh, Harris and Dangerfield, I was going to take Dangerfield over Harris. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's so. I agree with you on that. I think that um, I think the Dangerfield would fit really well there if Kennedy Carter's not available. It, I think Dangerfield's the pick for
2: Minnesota. Well, I th- this is hard. It'll be interesting to see what what uh, response we get out of this, especially on Logan's behalf. He he had some fun with that, but uh, nonetheless, Kennedy Carter at the six via Kyle to the Minnesota Lynx. Logan, it's officially your Dallas pick. Yeah, right? you don't get to call a trade. All right, you've all right, make this all right. selection. I, I That's on cool. this one. I won't. You've got to if... make that. You've got to make this call. I think I know where you're going with it, oh, and it might okay, ruin cool. my plans. <laughs> it, it probably uh, will. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where you go for anyway. So right. I'm going to kick it over to you for the seven.
0: No matter what happens, if Dallas is picking at seven and this player is on the board, they should select Megan Walker out of Yukon.
2: Okay. Not what I expected.
0: I I think I'll... Megan Walker at seven is a pretty good spot for her to go. Uh, I think she could go before that um, to either Atlanta or Dallas or, or sorry, to Atlanta or Minnesota, but um, I I think she is, she's a piece I could see being in the league for a long time. Kyle, you have thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I I really like that pick. Um, you've seen I've seen Megan Walker all over. Like, you look at other draft boards, and she has been as high as I think fourth. I've also seen where she's been down at like a twelve or uh yeah like like really low. So I think there she's kind of all over the place as far as where people want her to go. I'm I, I like Megan Walker. I think I think that's a solid pick for Dallas. Um and I think it makes sense with I think it especially makes sense with what they've got so far. Um based on, you know, with with Allery, with uh Cox. I really mm-hmm. like Megan. like this is <laughs> I, I think that there, this is going to be a really good front court for Dallas if these players are all going there.
0: Yeah, she she doesn't need to come in and, and make a scoring impact necessarily right away, but I think she could add a lot of competition with other young forwards in that roster, uh, in that locker room, and and yeah. I think within you know two or three years down the road, this team's going to have to make some decisions on some other players. And if they see her developing into their score, you know, forward of the future, you can let a couple other players go and really invest in her um, for, for a long for the long haul. I really think she's built for the league uh, for a while.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a yeah, I think overall it's a solid move. It's a balanced move. And again, this is another Dallas one that's if it doesn't quite pan out the way it needs to. We have three other shots that we feel good about. So mm-hmm. I think it makes sense as a high quality pick. And it really saves my buns for for my next selection because I I actually I had this on the board before most other like instead of going like one to twelve this was one that was like if this is available please we've talked a lot about Chicago's need for um a stout a stout big someone to complete yeah. that front court and make this work um I think I, as a, as I think a, I like where a, you're going with as this. a group. I I feel like we agree. It's it's it, right now, unless she completely shuts us all up, and she very well may. It doesn't feel like it's Steph Dolson. There's a chance it could be Azra Stevens. I, I, it's hard to tell. There's a shot. If it's not Azra Stevens, it's going to be Ruthie Hebard. Yes, yes. Uh, I knew it. I'm going Ru- Ruthie out Morgan to me. I wanted Ruthie to go to Chicago as well. <laughs> possibly, possibly the most efficient player. On the court, here's the thing. Ruthie's one of the bigs in this lineup of draft picks. Doesn't really have much of a, like an overarching offensive range. You're not going to see her shooting a lot of threes. She doesn't need to in Chicago because you've got about nine players on the sky who are wet from three. So you don't really necessarily need it. You need someone who can control the paint. Well, who can play physically, who can play efficiently, mitigate fouls, mitigate turnovers and play with a level of defensive prowess and overwhelm front courts. And the Sky haven't been able to do that in quite a while. It's one of those like the deficit of losing Sylvia Fowles years ago hasn't quite been filled. And I think it goes a lot of ways. That's one. The other side of it, you have the potential to play around with a Steph Ruthie front court, which works because you're allowing a player that can do a lot of the things Steph isn't as efficient in. And it's really shining on both of those players. And maybe you don't quite always do that. The thing with the sky is they have so many efficient players they can mix around a lot of different lineups. Ruthie to me is just you're talking athletic, you're talking efficient, you're talking defensive prowess, you're talking a quality big. She to me could be one of the next great front court players in the league. And if she falls to eight in Chicago, that's to me that's winning the lottery. That's a great move for this yeah, guy. So I, that's where I'm going.
0: I 100 percent agree that Ruthie should not fall below eight pretty much no matter what happens at the top of the draft, if if Dallas for some reason trades for the top eight picks, like if no matter what happens, she should not be outside of the top eight. She actually was the, it was her or Megan Walker at seven is what I was trying to decide between. Um And like, honestly, I think I went with scheme fit more than I went with um just pure athleticism because of the two in a, in a vacuum, like if it was, if I was starting a brand new team with one of the two, I think Ruthie would actually be a pick.
2: I I feel comfy there. So we're down to our last four selections. Kyle's two of them. Are, the the others have one, But uh, we've taken up a lot of real estate. But um, fun where we've gone so far. But Kyle, this is where it gets fun. You get your Dallas pick.
1: Uh, it, I <laughs> like, am so pumped. I'm this is so Dallas pumped. This is my Dallas final
2: pick. first round selection. They've only had a measly four <laughs> selections at the nine. Um, um Where were you going?
1: The fact that Crystal Dangerfield is available for Dallas at nine is (laughs) perfect. Um, It's 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 a no brainer. You got to take Dangerfield uh, for Dallas. They're finally getting a guard. They've drafted. We've we've had them draft three bigs so far, and they're getting a guard. But can you imagine an Agumba Wale Dangerfield? back like that that backcourt not, is going 500 <laughs> miles an hour. I'm not calling Dallas,
2: long. I'm not calling Dallas the rich kid, but if Dallas uses their first 3 selections on bigs and manages to still land Christopher Dangerfield, that is the WNBA draft version of the rich kid getting their way. That is yeah, they, so unfair.
1: That is a steal. That is a, I I <laughs> thought so that good. Logan was going to take uh Dangerfield at 7. Um, and then I was actually looking at a few other players through, um, through the rest. Uh, but I'm glad that Dangerfield's available. I love, I think Crystal Dangerfield's one of the most exciting and fun players to watch this season. I loved watching her play. Um, even when Yukon was getting beat by 20 plus, you know, by Baylor or Oregon, um, Dangerfield is a phenomenal player I think that she she reminds me a lot of like a Jordan Canada type Um, I think Mm -hmm. that she really could fit well in Dallas and I think outside of picking up Lauren Cox or or Saboli I think that Dangerfield might be the biggest pickup for Dallas
2: Mm mm-hmm I like this. That's
1: a good this. I know
0: it's really easy. The more we dig into a draft class, the the easier it is to kind of get high on like, oh, like every one of these players has so much potential. Like, like, I don't want to do that. But this is a really, really good draft class. (laughs) Because because you're right. If if someone like Dangerfield goes at nine, we're all going to be going, how the heck did that happen? Even though, like, I stand by all the picks that we've made so far on this show. It's like, oh, that that doesn't seem right. She should probably go before that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm. no i like, I like, this. I, that was I my, like this that was my fun it's dallas good. pick i like it very good well now we're to where the fun starts uh, so, yeah are hitting a draft each of us one final selection here in the 2020 WNBA mock draft and three teams that really could go any feasible direction uh it, it, this should be some good fun i'm gonna i'm gonna kick it over to logan the every year they seem to find a fire pick. We'll see where this goes. the Phoenix Mercury number ten you're on the clock
1: uh this
0: this is where the fun starts, but it's also where I start racking my brain for i'm gonna miss on one of these, and it's gonna be this one <laughs> and I know it because. I think they could go with a guard that's still on the table that I really like. Hmm. (laughs) No, I am going to go with a guard. I'm going to stiff a forward that I really like, and I'm going to go with Taya Cooper out of Baylor. Very good. That that pains me uh, just because I, I think Phoenix can, can basically pick any position and find a way in the next two or three years to work them into the rotation and kind of build for the future. Uh, there, there is a forward, a certain forward out of Maryland, um, that I think could also go here. That would be a a nice fit, but I think Taya Cooper just brings some of those elements that you just can't replace. Um, she's also one of the few players that I think can enter the league and be league ready within a year or two, uh, at the guard position. Um, she did miss a season with a knee injury between 2016 and 17. I don't really take that a lot into consideration with guards. Um, so I'm not really adding that into the consideration, but it's worth mentioning. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on Cooper?
1: I like Cooper a lot. I think at this point, this is honestly, this is kind of the area of the draft where I think once you start to get like your, for me, once we start getting like eight nine that's when this draft starts to get really mm-hmm. ambiguous you know i think yeah. there's a lot of players that could go at eight and could also go mid uh, middle of the second round like yeah it is, like i'm yeah, so intrigued a- i think this is a, a pretty top heavy i think the first three picks are solid i think you're four five six are 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 pretty decent and i think that i don't see i don't think we'll see a ton of surprises through those eight through like 20 is gonna just be bonkers like there's there's so many potentials not and not just college players but there's a few uh overseas players that you know are all that i think are also on a lot of WNBA radars um i i like i like the cooper pick um Obviously, Baylor has been doing something right. They've been one of the most dominant basketball teams for a while. Um, And Cooper's a big reason for that. I really like that pick.
2: Yeah, I love it as well for pretty much all the same reasons. I don't really have anything else to hit other than um, I think (laughs) this is this is not a knock on anyone. Phoenix has drafted in the last couple of years because I'm not knocking anyone. They've they've made some really sound picks might be their most mature pick of the last three seasons mm-hmm. uh, if they go this direction. And that's that's saying something good about Sophie Cunningham and company in the last couple of years. And that's saying something solid about what they're doing here. And I think that's something that can be pretty sound. I think this is someone who will be teachable. This is someone who you can put under the the DT umbrella, uh, you know, the learning tree and would soak that in. I I think there's a lot of good here. This is a this is one of those classic upside picks that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Cool. Yeah. I do think there's, as Kyle said, kind of a natural break, uh, in kind of the, like, there's an expansion of, okay, all the players from here on out are kind of on this similar tier for the next several picks. I think that happens right around the, the Phoenix, Seattle pick area. So I'm excited to see where Steve is going with, with his pick.
2: Yes. So, um, every year I've, I've done this so far in all of our drafts. In 2018, it was Keeners. Last year for me, it was Christine and So glad things worked out the way that they did, because I can officially say that this year's steal of the draft to the Seattle Storm is gonna be Beatrice Mom Premier out of Miami. Ah, I'm so glad yeah. you took her.
1: I'm so um, glad that she's I, gonna make first round.
2: I think that's the thing, is she's 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 like 50-50, and in some cases, even less than that, whether or not she's gonna go first round. I think a lot of that is she. He had an injury for a good chunk of this last season. So mm-hmm. it's hard and tough to do. She came back over the last handful of games, was averaging a double double, was playing at full steam, seemed to be playing really strong basketball, very much looked like herself. Um to me, if she's healthy, she has the potential uh to be one of the loudest voices in this draft and is someone that is going to be hard to deny. Now here's the thing this is a theme with Seattle picks in the last few years or just like Seattle acquisitions in the last few years is can you make the most of your minutes, minutes or money Jordan Canada was drafted. Can you come up the bench for Jewel Lloyd and Sue bird and show us quality minutes? She did that. She's proven herself. Natasha Howard, you're going from a team where you seemingly weren't given anything to be given a few extra minutes here in Seattle. Can you make the most of your opportunity? She did. And it showed this is a case with Beatrice that I think is a perfect scenario because You're You're coming back. This is the return year for Bree Stewart, and it's going to be interesting to see how much load Bree Stewart can handle coming off a pretty rough injury. And you're looking at a potential lineup in some form or another. It's interesting to see where they do these because throwing Morgan tuck into that front court mix is really interesting how they're going to balance things out. If you have a replacement lineup for Bree and Natasha Howard, I feel really good about Beatrice and Alicia Clark as yeah. as a matchup. I think it's very sound. I think Beatrice brings very sound energy. She's a very solid scorer, obviously defends really well, has one of is one of the more athletic players, more overwhelming physical players in this draft. Um is someone who I think can complement um her ability. You could argue with the be- probably like one of the five best rebounders in this whole draft. Which is going to be, you know, a fantastic spot if you're going to pair that with with Bree Stewart uh, at any point. I th- I see this being one of the more stout steals in this draft. I think it would be just one of those like, yeah, you could say she might have gone to the second round, but it's hard for me. To, like, see, I feel like Seattle would say it was a miracle for them to hold on to her. the Beardshurst thing is so funny to me. Looking through the mock drafts, she she's gone second round. She's gone fourth she's gone in a couple fifth. drafts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> how I like it's so hard to tell, like, exactly where she's going to go. I, I just feel like unless there's just another no brainer pick on the board, there is one other name. I'm interested to see if she goes 12th. If not, I'll call her out. There's one other name that I think if you don't go with Beatrice, you'd probably go with another name. But I felt good about that move. And I just love she was she was one of my absolute favorite players to watch um, over the college spectrum over the last couple of years. And I, I think it's a good spot for her.
1: I agree. I think that with her having a little injury history, but so does Stewie. I think that you have those two. I mean, you still you already have a front court that's pretty locked in. You got Natasha Howard and Brianna Stewart, yeah. Morgan Tuck and Beatrice Montpremier, I think are that's solid. Like that's a yeah. that's a really good foundation that I don't think you're gonna need to mess around with too much moving forward. Um and I think if she does have any lingering injury stuff, She's splitting minutes with three other players, and two of those are like you know top like all in all WNBA type players. Well, I was gonna
2: say if your argument is that if if this draft pick happens, you look at Morgan Tuck, you look at like if if your argument is all of Seattle's acquisitions are to make up for Stewie coming back from an injury, awesome, yeah, (laughs) like. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, a player that you do good. that for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you it got all super Jordan
1: Canada, Jewel Lloyd. Like, you if got there's a, a good pl- backcourt. If there's yeah. a
2: player that deserves three players to make up potential value, depending on how they come back from injury, Breeze on that short list. <laughs> She's True. someone who's on that. Like, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, we'll see how that goes. But I'd be excited about that move if it went down, Kyle. It's now time for the good fun. You get to open up the floodgates of snubs. Uh Woo. this is the 2019 WNBA champion Washington Mystics looking to add to an already airtight roster. What are they doing at the 12? You're on the clock. Uh
1: this has me nervous because what we've got left, there's like several names that I really like on here. Um yeah, I like Kiki Herbert Harrigan. I like Kaya Gillespie. Um, there's a lot of different places that you could go with this. Um, however, you gotta know Washington. Washington seems to always find those players that yes, come I know where this is going. out of nowhere. Yes. And yes. I mean, uh, Logan, do you, do you know who was the WNBA finals MVP last season? Uh, so it was, was Emma Miesemann. Emma Miesemann. Do you know when Emma Miesemann was drafted? Uh, Nineteenth uh, overall. Oh, nineteenth overall.
0: Her position, because we talked about that on our. Man, I really uh, hope this depth, is where I think the you know, draft.
1: It may not be now, but I'm. She, she went nineteenth. She's an international player, oh, and yes, she's yes, a stretch yes, yes, yes. forward. So why not? You know why not? Why mess with the success? Uh, I'm <gasps> going with Katia Laxa out of so Latvia.
2: Freaking much! Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have a nickname uh for locks I call her Minnie Mies because she's six one oh, yeah. and Misa Min is six four. I I absolutely love her. she could be the best shooter in this draft. Yep. Um very potentially. She, she she shot uh
1: her last healthy season at least at USF. She was shooting nearly forty percent from three. Uh she's a six one wing. She can stretch the floor and if you've got you know Christy Tolliver at at point guards, you've got Emma Miesman and Deladon in your front court. Where else can you shore up but the wing? And I think that having, I mean, so like if you're Washington, right? Logan, you talked about Washington's like uh, their their New Year's resolution, right? Is to do nothing. It's because they've already won. Everybody else is chasing them. You know what? If you're gonna just add a sharpshooter to a <laughs> an, uh, a champion, someone who can just rain threes. If you're gonna, you know, Ugh. have to double double someone who who Deladon or Misman can kick out to if they're getting double teamed. Why not? Why not? Loxa? That Dude, is, I love it. That so I think so, she's,
0: I think
2: she's the perfect fit for Washington. That is
0: so devious and cruel and mean to the rest of the league, and I love it.
2: Uh, I this love is, it. This is good. This is good stuff.
0: I'm, you, I'm literally watching her highlight video right now from the World Cup in 2018. And mm-hmm. I I can just see. I mean, I see it. I, I really want her in this the is, league.
2: This is, a, this is a Mike Tebow move, like, very yeah, hard. This it's is a very signature much Mike Tebow. And especially where you're losing a Christy Tolliver. So you, you're getting perimeter depth. But you also have one who, you know, very strong player at a USF. And then decided to take a final year to play at the pro level. You know, I I just I I I can't express. I love this move. I love this pick a ton. One for I really I really thought about locks in Seattle, but legitimately didn't do it because I was like, it just makes so much more sense at Washington. I know that's stupid because if you if Seattle likes him, why not take it, but. I like the idea of, of, of her in Washington. I just love this pick.
0: Well, my, my favorite type of shooters are those that can drive. If, like, if you don't respect them and, and you crowd them and don't give them the space to shoot, if they could be physical and drive the hoop and actually make you pay for it, she can do that. Um, that's in her arsenal. And that's just something you don't see a lot. This, this very much smells to me like a pick that, you know, 11 teams are going to pick in this draft. And they're all going to be going, you know, yeah, we're going to catch Washington this year. And then Washington's going to pick Laxa and they're all going to be like, who let this happen? Who let <laughs> this? Is, come on. This is dumb. Like,
2: <laughs> I, I think I'm watching the same highlight reel that you are, Logan. And she's, um, Sammy well, Whitcomb. Sammy Whitcomb whooping. has been the, the fastest shot release I've ever seen. She's rival rivaling that it's, like, it is swift. Her her <laughs> ability to find clean shot selection is in a word nasty. Like I really like this move a lot. I just gosh dang yeah. it!
1: And she's she I mean yeah she's she's hanging with Team USA. Yeah. I mean she's not playing against snub. She's she's I think she I think she might be the gem of this year's draft. I don't she's think she's going to be an MVP. I don't think she's going to be necessarily an all-star in the first two three years of the league but i could see her being a, a big time piece moving forward for a washington mystics franchise oh my gosh
0: i'm getting chills just looking at our first 12 selections this is such a sweet I'm, draft
1: and there's I'm so really, many
2: snubs there's I'm so many really really, I, really, yeah. really 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 into that 12 that just that yeah. really did make me happy really good stuff <laughs> guys let's i'm gonna run through the picks really fast we'll hit some really quick snub talk um, and then we'll call it a day. Obviously, number one to New York. Sabrina Nesco out of Oregon. Lauren Cox from Baylor heading to Dallas. Two, the Indiana Fever at the three. Select um, uh, uh, Satu Sabli out of Oregon. I think we've all pronounced that name differently in some way every time. <laughs> yeah. I, so every time, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it like a hundred times this year, and I, every single time, I'm I'm just a bad person. <laughs> you
1: you know, know what? It's when you when you say it. When you're just talking about her, it, it's easy to say. It's hard when you read it on the screen. That's that's, my that's what you're doing. That's it's when is, you're reading I'm it, looking that, at yeah. the
2: letters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Number four to the Atlanta, we're going Ty Harris out of South Carolina. Uh, Bella Lari out of Princeton. Number five to Dallas. Number six the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, in this mock draft, we're going with Kennedy Carter out of Texas A&M. Megan Walker, of UConn, heading to. Heading over with the, the the four rooks to Dallas. That's just, I, I really <laughs> hope they just have cameras on them at all times. That four first rounders is something else. Um, Ruthie Hebert out of Oregon to Chicago. Crystal Deja Field out of UConn to Dallas at nine. And the final three picks, the Phoenix Mercury at 10. Pick up uh, Tia Cooper out of Baylor. Beatrice Mom Premier of Miami heading to Seattle at 11. Let me finish, finish things off. Number 12, Kichaloxa out of Latvia. Slash USF, if you want to consider that, to the Washington Mystics at twelve. Super, super fun lineup. I really like a lot of directions here. If you had to say biggest snub, do you mind if I start? Because I probably I have one right yeah, off the yeah. bat.
1: Yeah, there's a few. Every, yeah, go for everyone it.
2: Everyone pick like your biggest snub. My biggest snub because my last selection was Seattle. If Mom premieres not on the table, I'm taking Michaela Pivich, and it's a comp- out of Oregon State, and it's a completely different selection. But fills a different need that could help Seattle. And also, I you're going Corvallis to Seattle. I like the yeah. um I like the idea of a of a fun local move. That way you're giving Corvallis fans a chance to see a player they're phenomenally proud of. I think that's one thing that Pivich has coming out of this is the Michaela pride for Oregon State is so hard because they had to hear about Sabrina Ionescu for so long that they were saying I don't know why no one's paying attention to this other legend mm. who's wearing orange. So there's a lot of loyalty there, and I think you put you put her in a Seattle jersey, you get loyal fans. People are going to come and watch her. Consistent shooter, obviously someone wise beyond her years. I like that move. Second round makes sense in a lot of different ways, but I could easily see her going in the first round as well if the, if the prices are right.
0: I've I've got one uh, on top of that. I think that is probably the number one uh, snub. The other one is I think Gillespie is going between eight and 12 on basically every draft that we've looked at. Um, So in that scenario, she's like in in that sense, she's a snub. I also don't necessarily know if she needs to go in the first round. Um, I thought about taking her over Cooper um, to, to Phoenix ultimately did not. I think Phoenix would be right to make the same choice. Um so how do you guys feel about Gillespie not going in the first?
1: Um that hurts. A I think she's high on my snub list. Um she's she's up there a ways. Um and that was hard. I think that was just a I I don't know who I would replace her with on our draft board. Yeah. There's a sense.
2: there's a realistic reality our draft board. There's a realistic reality Mom Premiere finds her way to the second round and Gillespie's probably who fills that slot. Could be. Those are interchangeable. Right now, if you put one in front of the other, I'm going with Beatrice. That's me. Um, I think. I think also alongside that, Kiki Herbert
1: Harrigan. I think also belongs in that. I think that's kind of a trio of bigs that uh, that all could find their way somewhere. I like that we that Steve took mom premier. I think that's the one I would take of the three, but Gillespie and Herbert Harrigan will, if this is the case, I think both of them are going really early in the second round and somebody's going to be stoked that they have a chance. Um, because I think that while not necessarily, um, uh, not necessarily a franchise like changer immediately, I think that both of them, um, could be solid role players to shore up a roster for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm looking Um, at this top 12 and like I hope obviously if you're listening to the show, you're probably not going to make this mistake. But like acknowledge that there's a lot of people out there who think this draft is just the Sabrina draft and there's there's no intrigue after just seeing her finally going into the league and going to New York and probably a lot more people that are a little bit more informed, probably see the top three going and think that that's exciting because they're all future stars. But I'm looking at this first round thinking, yeah, like Ruthie Hebert is a big pickup for Chicago and like Washington getting another a wing is huge. Like this first round can make or break a lot of people's years. Uh, and, and I don't usually think that way. I usually think of the draft as being a little bit overinflated, uh, but teams, especially Dallas, but a lot of teams really need to strike in this round. And I, I think there are a lot of players that can help teams out immediately. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I want I want to do just mention one more Joyner Holmes. I've seen on several mock draft like boards. Um, a lot of talk has come around Texas because of the recent coaches coaching changes, and so I think that her name has been out there a little bit more recently. I think she's a mid-second <laughs> round pick. Um, but I also have said that uh, you know that I haven't been high on other Texas picks in the past, and look at what that did for me. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not I'm not big on on Holmes right now. Yeah. That could that could be because Texas was underwhelming this season, but yeah, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, that that
0: could actually be uh a later round gem if someone picks her up and and she ends up translating to the league well because I think you're right. I think it's mostly just that she played at Texas, which gets overshadowed by A&M and Baylor so much. Uh, mm-hmm. but she absolutely I mean, a senior six three um, definitely has the the accolades and the like the I don't want to say mileage, but just she's got the experience. Um, she's not going to come into the league and be like wide eyed if, if someone takes her in round two or three. Yeah. So
2: I I have two names I have to call out to finish off one, which is a potential first round stub. Like I could see it. Another that probably won't go first round, but would be my like round two, three. Watch out. This is someone Um, I think my last step I look at, I got to go with Jocelyn Willoughby out of Virginia. And it's for a couple of reasons that might actually not stand out. First of all, um, top scorer in the ACC last year out of Virginia. Um, But also all academic uh, national player finishing through a senior year, a master's in global development and public policy. That's Um, awesome. I just it's one of those classic like smart basketball nerd style players that just I I see someone like Jocelyn playing extremely well because I think her she's one of those players that's going to be great for a team, great for a roster, thinks about the game heavily, really sound scorer. I, I just really like Jocelyn a bit. One player that I, I don't know first round is is in the cards, but I think is on your watch out friend of the show. Haley Gurecki out at Duke. Um, yeah, because because that WNBA Nation bump goes a long way. That's all I'm gonna say. It <laughs> You know, you you give some you give some love to WN. You know, she put, might
1: go it, sixth it because puts, she was it, on it our puts show. You,
2: it puts you on that rocket <laughs> ship. The Liberty right now are thinking, hmm. Like so, I, I, obviously, we definitely loved having Haley on the show, and I just, I had to give that shout out. I'm excited to see where she goes, but um, I I like the the overall order of things, overall selections. You know, in general. And one last question before we put a hide on things. Logan, you've already called out a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of different trade scenarios with Dallas. My initial thought was to end this by talking about, like, what's a trade you could see be made or you'd like to see made. I'm going to make this very specific. If Dallas decides to put together some level of trade package with these four picks, what's a team that what's the team? If you get to pick one team, what's a team that you see biting on the selections. Whatever combination Uh, of them they decide to give up. I
0: could see Indiana or Atlanta uh, making something happen because I think Dallas, uh, looking at either Sobley or Cox at the number three with Indiana's pick, might be willing to give up several picks either now or in the future in order to, to get one of those. I don't know why Indiana would give up a future star, but if they think that they'd be better off um with a couple picks in this first round because of how deep it is i could see something like that um the other one that seems to be in rebuild and finally accepting it is minnesota um i don't know exactly what that package would look like but minnesota's really the the only team that that we talked about here that didn't seem to be you know, we we mock drafted her kennedy carter she's someone that can help that team but i don't maybe it's just because i'm, I'm lower on carter but it doesn't help Minnesota as much as these other picks help their respective teams. And I think if Minnesota is going to commit to the rebuild, the best way to do that is to snag a couple players in this draft and get it started.
1: I like your Indiana call out. I could see Indiana, uh, giving up three for like a five and a seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think that's something that could possibly work. Um, if if Dallas really wanted to snag both, uh, both Lauren Cox and Satu Sabali, I think that <laughs> would be awesome. insane. Can <laughs> you imagine so cool. Dallas coming out? Uh, everybody's like, "Who are they gonna take? Who are they gonna take?" And they're like, "Both." You yeah, know, like we're, we're we're snagging both of these. <laughs> like, For, yeah, that would be amazing.
0: For the record, I I just because I probably made it sound like this earlier when I when I when we were talking about Sabrina, at the one I do not think. Any of the top three teams should do anything except draft those three players. Mm -hmm. I do think there will be intrigue because a lot of teams are going to want some of those three players and they might see if there's an in there somewhere. And Dallas having all the picks might be an interesting one to watch, but I I don't, I think it's a mistake if New York does anything but take Sabrina and if Dallas and Indiana don't follow suit and take those, those players at the top. Mm
2: -hmm. I have one. This won't happen for a lot of reasons. The main reason, these are teams that have already made some key moves already. So it doesn't make any sense why they would do it. Like, this would kind of be like their third trade this year. <laughs> it's just, like it's not happening. Um, but it, there's something in me that could see in a vacuum um, a reaction where... I, I, if the other moves didn't happen, Sh- I see the Chicago Sky mm-hmm. trying to make a play because in my head, if I'm if I'm Chicago Sky and I can build out a trade package to pick up Satu Sabali, and if they turn to me as Dallas and say, "All right, well, give me Gabby Williams and Jantel Lavender," I might do it. Like here's here's mm-hmm. our first round pick. Uh, we'll bump up to the two. Take an ever-ready forward. Um, take a consistent big out of gentle lavender. I'm not saying su- it's pretty- not. Ha- it's not happening. These it's teams a- have already but it's made in two yeah. transactions. It's two But it's it's one of those moves where I go. Maybe it's just because I really want Sabally in Chicago. Maybe that's just part of it. <laughs> just Chicago
0: like, does seem like the team most confident the most- in the group they have already. So it yeah. feels unlikely, but I hear what you're saying. like it would be interesting to say, you know that was the time to make a risk, um, take someone yeah. that could be the future of the league, and maybe like the development of someone like Sabley could could happen fast enough that it would coincide yeah. with the stars that they have there now
2: if if <laughs> if they didn't already make the moves that they made and the Azra Stevens package happened during the draft, and it was part of a package that sent, like, Gabby and Katie Lou as a part of, for that, then it's definitely possible. But I was like, there's no way they're going to happen. I just, I'm thinking about a team that's just like, what's a team that's chomping at the bit at the thought of one of those top three players? And I see Chicago just going like, man, if we could just sh- sh- wave a wand, this would basically turn us into, like, a potential title favorite. And like, yeah, so it's it's a weird move. The truth of it is I just don't think anything's going to happen. I think Dallas is legitimately saying, listen, we lost a good deal of our high value players. And so we're just going to bank on the future for a while. Let's see if one of the, one or two of these sprouts and then go with it.
0: Mm-hmm. This is why I wonder how the, so I think the virtual draft is great. And we talked about that earlier. I'm interested in seeing what happens if like, let's say Dallas takes sobbily at two and Lauren Cox falls to three and suddenly suddenly like Indiana's getting phone calls like we're interested in trading for the three, we want Lauren Cox on our team. Are are they gonna be able to figure out those Zoom meetings in fifteen minutes or less and, and square those deals away?
2: Yeah. Is there a moment that you hear someone in the background on the live broadcast just be like, Hey, <laughs> can we have a chat offline? And then Yeah. <laughs> they come back on and they're like, Oh, there's a trade, just so you guys know.
1: Like it yeah. It's. It's. I think there are going to be some really
2: interesting elements to that my, for sure. My favorite is that um, video technology has existed for years, and the ability to shoot things from remote via satellite has existed for a thousand years. I still picture this happening over Zoom. <laughs> like I'm picturing a Zoom meeting. I know that's not happening, but that's what I'm picturing now. Just because everything now happens just, over that's Zoom.
1: just all we do. Yeah, it's just life
2: now.
0: All I know is Zoom.
2: Yeah, like there's literally <laughs> not like it, fanfare. There's not music. You just hear like a bunch of buzzes and people popping in and like Engelbert and you know, all right. Is everyone here? All right, cool. All right, Indiana, you're on mute. All you're right. on mute. It, you need to unmute. Us, the dream, the dream aren't here yet. So we'll wait another two minutes or so before we get started. We'll see if they pop, in. if not, we'll jump in. It's at
0: the bottom um, left. It's a little microphone icon. You got to click. How's it.
2: uh? How's everyone doing? Everyone had a good weekend. It was good. Uh, <laughs> cool. Anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna share my screen here. So this is the uh. draft board. Can you guys? Can you guys see that? Does everyone see? You, know okay? you know that this the Connecticut the Sun, board.
1: since they're not drafting first round, are go like they're the one with the virtual background, and, and they are, <laughs> like, or
2: they've just muted their camera and they're just they're literally napping. Just like, yeah. they're,
1: <laughs> they're like, let us know terrible. second round starts. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: Zoom jokes. The sun got bagels? Why didn't we get bagels? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. Guys, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was good stuff. I, I love the draft preview for sure. So uh, that's our lineup. We'll shoot that over on, on Twitter. Let us know how you feel. What were we definitely wrong? What were we potentially right? Uh, next week, we'll eat crow depending on how the selections go. And then we'll also give our grades to each team based on their draft performance. Uh, That said, you know where to find us online, Twitter, Facebook, Uh, you know where to find us, give extra support, you know where to give us stars and comments, all that good stuff we've dug into all that guys. We finally get a talk draft and then we're going to get a talk draft again. And then at some point basketball will happen. I mean, it will cause horse, but other versions of it someday Um, outside of that though, obviously everyone stay safe, stay healthy uh continue to isolate, continue to make good decisions, wear those masks, wash those hands, don't touch them faces um you know our our support to anyone who's already been affected by this you know i'm definitely um hopefully this is a good respite for the time being, but until we talk to you again um until the result of the the next w or the next the w n b a draft and until all that proceeds. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of WNBA Nation. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we'll catch you next time.